Good day and welcome back to Global Supply Chain Week here at FreightWaves. Uh, with me today is Bill Lupe, former broker over at Coyote Logistics in Sanwell, and currently the COO over at Ben B. Schwartz. Bill, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining. Um, ben B. Schwartz is a wholesale distributor of produce based out of Detroit. Uh, currently, you service the Midwest, Eastern United States, and Canada. Is that correct? Correct. Yes, we're... Uh... We're Detroit-based. We source from uh, all over the U.S. and internationally as well. And then we distribute throughout the Midwest um, up to Toronto and are steadily moving uh, down towards the southeast as well. All right. So um, tell me a little bit about what you go through sourcing produce, sourcing products, sourcing carriers. Uh, The West Coast particularly has been a pretty rough market for the past couple of years. Just uh, a little bit about your experiences, please. Um, so you are exactly right in that there's been a significant amount of volatility in the last couple of years, and that's uh, affected us in a, in a few different ways. I mean, first of all, product itself has been uh, has been short, and we've had some uh, waves of demand as far as. Um, uh, as our product is concerned when it's on retail shelves. So obviously COVID-driven, there's been some waves of panic buying that were non-seasonal trends. And um, and so, you know, you've combined that now with some big volatility in the logistics space. And, and so now we're, we're in a, um, uh, a time when we've got uh, unpredictable COVID issues, we've got product shortages, and we've got uh, logistics capacity shortages all rolled into one, and uh, and so we're trying to negotiate through that combination of things as best we can. So Ben B. Schwartz, in particular, uh, is you know wholesale distributor in Detroit, located near other wholesale distributors of produce. Is that correct? Yeah, and so you got it exactly right. And and with a with a brokerage background, I'm used to a dog eat dog world. I'm used to it being super competitive. I'm I'm used to you know bid packages where you're trying to decide if 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 the last cent in your bid amount should be a, an eight or a three, um, and, and this is even I would say a step up from that because not only are we doing that same type of bid competition, uh, but we are in an old big terminal building uh, in downtown Detroit where we are right physically directly next to uh, seven of our competitors. And, and so, you know, if you want to talk about hyper competition, you know, not only do we have the, the logistics element where everybody's trying to beat everybody else out in this space, uh, but if your customer you know, who's down here at the terminal doesn't like your price or your quality or they don't like your hair that day, uh, all they have to do is, is walk 40 feet down the terminal and, and talk to your competition to see what they have to offer. So both, you know, as a former broker myself, I know that there are two ways to distinguish yourself. One is, you know, being the lowest bidder, obviously. And the other is having a kind of white glove service, you know, very special attention to your product, sourcing capacity, the carriers you trust, things like that. Ideally, in a perfect world, you'd have both. But, uh, you know, you can't always get what you want. What is your approach over at Ben B. Schwartz uh, to, towards this dilemma? Yeah, so our, our customer base is really split up uh, between two, well, I would say three major segments. 
Um, two of them are Detroit-based segments where we're dealing with the Detroit independent chain stores. They might have three, five, eight stores, uh, retail stores, that is. Um, Detroit-based food service wholesalers uh, are customers of ours. And, you know, we're selling to them. They're selling to the restaurants, doing the smaller milk runs. And then we've also got um, a large portion of our business where we are doing what we call short supply. Some people call it fill-in orders uh, for the national chains. You know, at that size, uh, those type of companies, uh, it's well within their abilities to develop their own grower relationships. So they don't necessarily need Ben B for that. Um, but what they do need Ben B for is if their growers are not able to fulfill the contractual quantities that they committed to, or if there's, uh, you know, a bad growing season or bad weather, or there's just very uh, strong demand for a product stronger than anticipated, or if logistics and trucking uh, gets very difficult and nobody can source capacity, uh, those are all reasons why they might not have enough product um, to get out to their stores. And so instead of going without, they use a company like Ben B uh, as a shorts or a fill-in supplier. Um, you know, with all that being said, your question was about white glove service and, and why do we find that a necessity? And, you know, the way that we do that type of shorts fill-in supply, you need to know exactly where your equipment is uh, from the moment that you procure that truck and send that carrier uh, a load tender to the moment it hits that dock for delivery. And we're in, a, in an extremely perishable industry where, you know, degrees of temperature on a trailer matter while it's in transit. And, uh, you know, an extra day on the truck to a breakdown might mean you totally lose the order from your customer. Um, and a lot of times, the second that those trucks hit our dock, we're pulling that product off of those inbound trucks and we're putting it out. Uh, it, we're pulling it across the dock onto our truck to do a delivery to our customer. Um, so it is, it is really just, uh, I, I would say, a white glove, hyper micromanagement type of industry. Um, and we're trying to control what is really uh, a uncontrollable process to the best of our ability. You know, things are always going to happen in trucking. Um, but, you know, the way we look at it is the, the higher of a percentage uh, of it that we can control, the better service that we're going to be able to give to our customers and the higher likelihood that we're going to get the next order from that customer. So, you know, as a general rule, the more parties you bring into an exchange, the more uncertainty there's going to be. So you've mentioned that you're trying to become more of an asset-based carrier, you know, grow that, which might involve some short-term growing pains in terms of cost, but ultimately long-term security and kind of absorbing that volatility from the market. So what are you experiencing in that transition right now? Right. And so, you know, when I started at Benby, we were brokering about 80% of our freight. Um, you know, right now we're brokering about 50% with the goal of, of getting to 40%. And, you know, for us, it's really all about control. Um, and, and I would say about value too, you know, on the, on the control aspect of things. Um, if we give a load to a broker, I don't know how well they've vetted the, the carrier that they're putting that load on. I have no idea if they've done one load with the guy or, or 500 loads with, with the carrier. And, 
and uh, and the carriers got great performance. Uh, you know, I, I have no idea. So we've really lost control of carrier selection in that instance. Um, and, you know, at the same time, we're, we're oftentimes paying a, a premium to have the, have the broker book that load for us. And, and I'm not going to say there's, there's no benefits because um, there are some brokers who are very well-versed in produce distribution and who do a fantastic job and have really well-vetted carrier pools and who get how produce works and who, how, who get the you know, complexities of this industry that don't exist in, in a you know, normal CPG or you know, beverage load. Uh, and we just, it's just more complex. So those type of brokers do exist, and that kind of leads me into the next point is um, – you know, we want to continue using the guys who are going to provide us with, with value. And, you know, we're lucky enough here where we've got a transportation group where everybody's got a strong background, uh, mostly in brokerage. And so, you know, unfortunately, if, if you're looking to be a broker for Ben B, uh, you know, posting our, our load or searching a truck on the DAT and calling that carrier and then upcharging us $500 to $1,000, you know, we're not the customer for that. There's customers out there for that. There's, there's lots of them. Um, but, but we're not the customer for that because we can do that just as easily our, ourselves. And so, you know, the value for us, um, is, um, bring us a network of carriers where you have vetted their performance, where, you know, the guys who are going to give you true teams when they say that it's a team who, you know, have, uh, you know, safety records that are good, who have equipment that's, that's good. And, um, and, and then give us, you know, late night support, you know, those things is really what it boils down to as far as giving us value as a broker and, and we're willing to pay a premium for those things. But even, you know, disregarding outside brokers, you found some pretty creative ways to, you know, in-house to find that value for yourselves. One of which, you know, given the capacity crunch in the West Coast was, you know, shipping not directly, you know, straight lane to Detroit but rather taking it to Ontario and then bringing it to Detroit. Can you walk me through a little bit of your thought process behind that proposal? Sure. So that was being driven by an initiative. We had to sell more product to customers in Toronto. And the problem we were having was that we were not price competitive in Toronto. And when we started looking at why, uh, the why was that uh, our freight costs were tremendously higher uh you know uh, west coast to detroit was you know let's say on a last minute team basis we're you know at, at the peak 13 14 15 thousand dollars while um well the canadian guys were paying half of that to, to source a truck to, to bring it to southern ontario so you know we look at everything on a cost per case basis and by the time we broke it all down we we just couldn't make up the gap so then of course, you know, we're logistics minded here. We're thinking, okay, how do, how do we, how do we solve this problem? How can we fix this? And what we ended up doing uh, was doing a, a double customs entry. So we would load the product on the West coast. We would bring it to a cross dock in Southern Ontario. We had another carrier partner there who would cross dock the freight for us and, and put it on their equipment. And they had a, a drop and hook shuttle program set up between Southern Ontario and and, and our yard here in Detroit. So, you know, that, uh, that helped us uh, bridge that gap and, and helped us 
you know, be more price competitive selling into Toronto and, and, um, and, and that worked for a while and, until the, the markets right size themselves, uh, you know, maybe about three months ago. And, and there wasn't as much of that disparity between, um, Detroit as a, as a destination for a truck in Southern Ontario. Yeah, I'm a little to, little surprised to hear you say that the markets did right-size themselves since we're still living in, you know, unprecedented times in terms of, uh, you know, rates and, and capacity in general. Um, but I can imagine that the cost going to Canada has risen somewhat with the uh, current vaccine mandate in place and uh, pretty notable response to that amongst the uh, Canadian, you know, uh, carriers. Uh, just, you know, in this preliminary phase of, that reaction what have you seen so far that makes you worry maybe it makes you you know feel like the blowback is a little bit exaggerated perhaps or you know what are your thoughts on that uh, moving forward yeah so i I do think it's interesting because i say you know the markets uh normalize and and they did normalize for a short period of time but then they went the opposite direction so you know maybe there was a normalization three months ago um, and then the Canadian government announced that they were going to do the vaccine mandate for any uh, any drivers entering uh, Canada. So now we've gone the other direction where it's more expensive for the Ontario-based companies to source product. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a challenge for them because they are, uh, you know, like it or not, much more reliant on, especially in the produce industry, on the U.S. and Mexico to bring product by truck to Southern Ontario. So, um, you know, in the numbers that I've seen, you know, we're talking about, you know, Canada's a little bit better than us with their vaccine rates. So, you know, if you assume that, that Canada is somewhat around 80% vaccinated, um, you know, the numbers that I've seen say that that, that vaccine mandate takes 10 to 20% of the available drivers out of the pool for being able to do cross-border moves. Obviously, they can still do other moves, so the, that's not the full effect. Um, but uh, but from what I'm hearing from our uh, our other wholesalers in Toronto that, that we uh, that we talk to, they're seeing about a 25% increase in their cost to bring product to Toronto. Um, that's driven by uh, this vaccine mandate. And I think on specific lanes, uh, you know, hot markets, it's it's even more than that. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's something that, um, you know, we try to prepare for it as much as possible by getting ahead of those conversations with our carriers. And, you know, I think, I think anytime capacity gets short or, or where there's, you know, unforeseen regulatory issues like, like what's happening now with the COVID vaccine, the one thing that you want to be able to fall back on are strong carrier relationships and, and them being able to um, continue to provide you with the amount of capacity that they committed to you or that they've been giving to you for an extended period of time. And so we've been lucky enough to, to have that with, with our cross-border moves, uh, but not everybody is so lucky. Right. So, you know, Ben B. Schwartz more broadly is looking to strengthen its foothold in Canada um, you know, throughout the U.S. as well. Uh, since you know that the uh, Ontario-based, you know, distributors are facing a bit of a, you know, price hike, uh, do you feel that gives you more of a competitive edge in kind of expanding that market? Yeah, uh, it, it definitely does. And and so, you know, where, where a Toronto 
wholesaler had an advantage on us four or five uh, months ago. You know, now it's the reverse. And so we want to exploit that as, as much as we possibly can. And, and we view that as a big opportunity for us to get in the door, generate new sales and, 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 you know, just hopping off the logistics train and onto the produce train for just one second. You know, if you are a retailer that's based in Toronto um, of course, you're, you're going to have a bunch of guys who fill your shorts or do your fill-in orders that are Toronto-based. Uh, you know, that's a no-brainer. But, the, you know, the, the markets, as, we, as we've discussed, especially from a logistics standpoint, um, uh, for, for a carrier delivering, uh, picking up in the U.S. and delivering to Canada, and a carrier picking up in the U.S. and delivering to the U.S., you know, these are separate marketplaces. And, and, and we've seen that. Um, not only that, but a shipper of goods, if I grow, you know, Mexican cucumbers and, and I want to ship those to Detroit and I want to have my cucumbers in Toronto too, the value is different. I, I probably don't sell them to Detroit and Toronto for the same price because what they can sell them for in Detroit and Toronto are different amounts. Um, so anyways, back to where I, where I was trying to get with that is if you're a Toronto-based retailer, it makes very, uh, it makes very good sense, and I think it's a great strategy to not only have suppliers in Toronto, but you want to have U.S.-based suppliers so that you can take advantage of those opportunities when they present themselves. And, and you know, I think that Detroit is particularly well positioned for that, just because ge- geographically, we're you know a four and a half, five-hour drive by truck to get there, you know, which is which is pretty quick. Well, uh, you know, Bill, thanks for coming on. It's been a pleasure having you here. Before I let you go, though, where can we find out more about Ben B. Schwartz? If you want to find out more about Ben B. Schwartz and what we do, please go visit benbdetroit.com. We would love to talk to anybody who does grocery retail, who does food service uh, distribution in the Midwest. And uh, or if you've got an independent chain and you've got three, five, ten stores, um, or even uh, even somebody who's in the wholesale distribution space who's interested in, in talking about how we procure equipment and how we've applied some of our logistics expertise here uh, to the produce industry. All those are conversations that we'd be interested in having. So you go to benbdetroit.com and check us out. All right. Well, thanks again, Bill, for coming on. I uh, hope to have you back very soon. Um, for all those watching, stay tuned for more of the Global Supply Chain Week. Take care. Thank you, Michael.